From a leadership standpoint, um, clear expectations. What is expected? But at the same time, we don't want to micromanage people. We want them to have the free will to be able to make those decisions. We encourage them and, and talk about where our end, end result needs to be. How you get there, we give them the freedom to be able to do that. And, and people like that, that they don't have to worry about um, somebody looking over their shoulder. And, and uh, as I said before, that the most valuable uh, asset that we have are the, are the employees. You're listening to Legal Skinny Podcast with Trisha Burita. I'm a 15-year licensed practicing attorney in the state of Texas. I created Legal Skinny because when I've been invited to do educational seminars on different subjects in employment law, employers and HR professionals would often ask me, where can they find out a little more information on this or a little more information on that? Look, I get it. There's a lot of resources out there, but sometimes it's confusing and people are so busy. Sometimes people have only 30 or 15 or maybe even five minutes in their day to devote to learning something new. On this podcast, you'll hear me have discussions and interviews on topics relevant to employers. Disclaimer though, Legal Skinny is for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and doesn't create an attorney-client relationship. Also remember, laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you. Nonprofits have many of the same challenges as other employers, but also some different ones. From now on, every month, I'll be providing a nonprofit spotlight on a different nonprofit to discuss their mission, goals, and challenges. Today, my guests are Rick Wade and Donnie Van Akron. Rick has a commercial real estate practice and serves as chairman of the board of the Galveston County Food Bank. Donnie worked years in the corporate world before taking the position as the president and CEO of the Galveston County Food Bank. I'm so pleased to have Rick and Donnie join me this month to spotlight a nonprofit that provides so much needed help to the community. We had a thoughtful discussion, so I hope you enjoy this Legal Skinny episode of Nonprofit Spotlight, the Galveston County Food Bank. Hey guys, welcome, uh, welcome Rick and Donnie. I'm so excited to have you on the Legal Skinny podcast. Glad to be here. Thank you for asking us. For sure. So I've been featuring a nonprofit every month, and I'm so excited to have the Galveston County Food Bank be my September nonprofit to feature. So, can you guys um, each take turns telling me a little bit about how you got involved with this nonprofit and sort of what your role is? Well, I, I'm the uh, presently I'm the chairman of the board for the Galveston County Food Bank. Uh, I've got involved uh, by the some past board members, and uh, they uh, encouraged me to come on board. Uh, at first, I was I'm a commercial real estate agent, and uh, was bit, they asked me to come help f- look for facilities for them. And then the next thing happened, I said, oh, by the way, let's go ahead and get you on the board, too. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I got a, they filled the application. I sent it in. And uh, 
and I totally forgot about three months later, the, the chairman, T.J. Alves at that time, called me up and said, hey, Rick, we approved you to be on the board. I said, oh, he did? I said, yeah. I said, oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm real excited about it. And uh, and really, it's been a uh, labor of love ever since. And I've really enjoyed it. And it's, I've been on multiple boards, and this is probably by far the best board I've been associated with. And definitely uh, think the organization is top notch. So, how many years was that, Rick, since you got involved? About four years now. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Donnie? So, just a, just a short version is I, I started as a volunteer here, came, uh, heard that there was a need for people to, to help with the food bank. And uh, um, that's kind of how it started. And uh, we, um, in a very short period of time, I found myself that uh, uh, leading leading the organization. My title now is president and CEO, and and uh, it, I've, I have found that it is truly true. If you find uh, something that you love, you'll never work another day in your life. And so that, in a nutshell, says what the food bank means to me. So I love that. That's and that's such an a testament to you know all the all the time and and. Uh, the sweat and tears and everything for trying to carry out the mission. Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about the mission of the Galveston County Food Bank? The mission of the Galveston County Food Bank is to provide nourishment uh, for the citizens of the county, especially the ones who uh, have need of proper nutrition, uh, lack of nutrition. We uh, try to stay on top of uh, all the different uh food pantries, organizations that work with us on that. And we're more like a facilitator more than anything. We There's numerous uh, food pantries and organizations out there that we turn around and we provide them the resources and they turn around and have the personal handoff of the food uh, as uh, as they people come in and register with them for it. Well, also if, if someone of need uh, just, uh, popped up all of a sudden and said, hey, man, we, we haven't been eating for a week or something like that. They come by the food bank. We have a, a way to take care of them. We call emergency boxes uh, and provide them with what they need right away. Then we kind of steer them towards one of the pantries to register for the more ongoing effort to keep them nourished. Yeah, so talk a little bit about that. So you have a warehouse and, and your different facilities where you're located and how you provide, like how do people get involved if they want to um, – uh, get your services if they need your services. I'm going to hand that off to Donnie. Donnie, Donnie has all the inside info. <laughs> all right. So, so to back up a little bit, our, our mission statement is that we're, we're leading the fight to end hunger in Galveston County. And uh, we, we like what, what Rick was saying is we do facilitate uh, the distribution of food through over 80 different agencies across Galveston County. And what that means is that we that we partner with them and supply them with food. And then also we do have an on-site pantry right here in Texas City that uh, we can we can help uh, anybody locally. And it's kind of our training facility when other pantries want to start new. We use it kind of as a training site for uh, just innovative things that we learn about and things like that. So. Um, so that's interesting. So I know that both of you obviously have been involved with um, 
you know, previous Rick, obviously you're in, you're in commercial real estate currently. And, and, uh, Donnie, you, you had a job obviously prior to this position that you're currently in. How is that different uh, from transitioning from, you know, the role of, of being involved in a for-profit organization, uh, corporation or company versus the change to nonprofit? And Donnie, why don't you speak to like what that change is? Cause I'm sure that was pretty, um, pretty different. So, right. And as much as it is different, there are still so many similarities between the two. And I will say that one of the most valuable asset, whether it's a nonprofit or, or a nonprofit, are the people. Hands down, they're the most valuable asset that we have. And so one of the things is that the, it's the people that are different, not as much as the, the difference between profit and nonprofit. Uh, I think that once a person hears uh, a story or a testimony of something that maybe happened, people have a tendency to, to change. Like for myself, for example, is I really didn't know that there was a food bank in Galveston County. I'd lived in, I'd lived in uh, Friendswood for 30 years and, and really never had a need or a purpose. And, and once I did, and I heard the stories, I quickly, quickly fell in love with, with the mission. And I think that holds true too, that, that, uh, that we need to do a better job of telling our story uh, to the to people out there, but but the primary difference is is ju just educating people um, between a, a corporate setting and a and a nonprofit. It, we too still have to uh, we have we have utilities to pay, we have uh, insurance to pay, and all those things just like a corporation, but it's just a little bit different in that in that regard is that we just don't go out to make a big, huge profit for a bunch of shareholders. We need to make a bunch of profit so we can buy food to, to uh, serve our community. So more similarities than not. That makes sense. Do you have any anything to add to that, Rick? Yeah, uh, mentioning the uh, not didn't wasn't aware of having a Galveston County food bank here. Uh, I always heard about the Houston food bank, but never heard much about the Galveston County food bank. Uh, that, to me, when I became part of this organization on the board, I made it my mission, my personal mission to the food bank is get the word out that we do have this type of organization within the county to help take care of the residents uh, of need. I started working with more of the newspapers, magazines, and so forth. Uh, social media don is real good at the social media part and getting the word out that we do have this organization here and help take care of people now i'm starting to hear for like i said for the longest time as soon as i got on board i kind of mentioned i was on the food bank people said well do we have one i said that really irritated me and so you know my expertise with uh, marketing and uh, real estate i brought that into the food bank and we started you know getting more involved with getting the word out more more uh, if you see our trucks now, uh, the staff and Donnie and, and everybody did a great job designing the trucks with these these wraps, and uh, and plus uh, working with the Gals County Daily News. And I've been writing articles and columns for the Daily News on a fairly regular basis. And, and uh, the vice chair Donnie, excuse me, or Armin Cantini, he also written a, a few articles too. Uh, we we're doing a, a much better job of getting the word out, and uh, that's you know that's. Publicity is really important for the especially charities. And you know, we don't try to put as much money in, into marketing because that's all it needs to go towards resources. 
And uh, so we've been able to touch and reach out to the um, media and they helped us in turn by getting the word out without having to, us paying a lot of money for uh, for an ad and, or, or billboard and all that. We just, that's something I just don't want to spend money on. I need to go towards the resources of the people who need it and, and to the staff. Uh, but uh, I think we've done a great job here and it's also, it's getting out there now that there, we do have a food bank and people realize it and uh, they're coming around as they, as they need to. Volunteer, we, we, get, uh, we have a great volunteer program. People need to get involved in, in something worthwhile. They give us a call and we get, we'll put them to work. <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> yeah, so, I, and that that's, you know, um, that's, I guess, I, I see your point for sure, Donnie, talking about like the differences, uh, you know, you're still running a business to some extent where you, but your business and your purpose and your mission, you know, is founded in something different. And so you still have employees, right? So just like other businesses, it's just a little bit different. So um, how do you create that culture in the position that you're in? And, you know, what have you found to be, you know, successful? And what are your, um, your thoughts on that? I heard an old saying one time that you said that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And so my philosophy to that is let's make that horse thirsty. And and so the way that, that we approach it here is that our employees, as they interact with the clients and our other agencies and stuff like that, it's those stories that, that touch their heart and that makes them thirsty that we can do more and, and be more. And... Um, Continuing education, um, we, we're constantly, in fact, uh, we just had a meeting the other day that we wanted to select a, a new book as a, as a group to study and what we could learn from that. So we do those types of things as um, we have regular meetings, uh, we pray before our meetings, uh, things like that, that, that maybe you, you wouldn't find in corporate America. But, but then also from a leadership standpoint, um, clear expectations what is expected but at the same time we don't want to micromanage people we want them to have the free will to be able to make those decisions we we we, we encourage them and, and talk about where our end end result needs to be how you get there we give them the freedom to be able to do that and and people like that that they don't have to worry about um, somebody looking over their shoulder and and uh, as i said before that the most valuable uh asset that we have are the are the employees yeah. and we're not into to terminating and having a bunch of turnover as you know of uh as that that's expensive to to let somebody go and then hire them and so we want to we want to develop them and and maybe they they um don't know a particular thing but we're here to teach them we want them invested in that and and so we're, we're creating a culture that that allows the the freedom to to learn new things and try new things, and and uh, we we have somebody that's working right now in our in our client choice that is asked to would we be interested in in training them to be a truck driver? Well, shoot, absolutely. <laughs> we we so we encourage that. So, he, Don has been great about letting these guys take ownership of the uh, of their process of their area of, of, of responsibility. And that's been phenomenal. And, uh, and I see it in the staff when I come around and check up on things. The staff, they, they, they come up to me, give, they, they give me ideas on how to improve uh, their job or their, the, the help the food bank uh, and our assortments and loading the trucks and, 
and take care of business. They, they, they come up with some great ideas and we, we, we all take uh, together as a group and start brainstorming on how we can take it to the next step. So. I love that. And, and it's always a good sign when an employee is investing back with you is being vocal with you about what that is they want out of the job, what they think they could do better and how, you know, something that an employer could provide that maybe could help them grow a little in the position or, you know, aspirations as to where they want to go. So I think, I think that's great that you guys are getting that kind of feedback and it, and it sounds like you're building a great culture there. Yeah. So, uh, go know, ahead. Another thing, part of it is that, uh, uh, well, I mentioned that they come bring these ideas. So you got to listen to them and, and for them to, to understand what we're trying to do, you got to listen first and see what they have an idea. You got, you have to have an open ear. Always. I love that. And, you know, I, you guys have touched on this a couple of times now in the last, uh, last two questions I asked you about this story. Is there, is, is there a particular story that stands out to you with the Galveston County Food Bank that um, you found moving as to how you guys have, you know, um, helped the community that you're trying to serve? Gosh, we, we get a story about once a month at least. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie can sit here and fill a book. With I'm sure he can. Yeah, so I mean, the the people that we serve are um, there's a wide spectrum of of people from homeless to we recently we we had a dentist that was here that because of the COVID nineteen that um, you wouldn't think that a dentist would need our services. Well, he wasn't able to see patients and things like that, and he had he had. Uh, has a young family and, and him and his wife uh, bought a new home and and they were really relying on that paycheck. I'm, I'm only estimating they probably had a car payment and so forth, but not a lot of big savings and stuff. And so if he's not seeing patients, he's not getting, not getting paid. And so anyway, um, he came through our, our facility and, and uh, the, the greatest thing was about that, that, he didn't want to just take a handout, but he wanted to first volunteer his services and uh, in some capacity, and that then he went through our line. But uh, you know, and I think that there's probably more people like that than than what we really know. We don't know what our neighbors may be going through, and so um, it's just been it, it's just it's humbling. Um, but at the same time, it's so rewarding to be able to be on the giving end to to help those people, and and I'm truly blessed to be able to hear those stories. I um, and, uh, and it's, it's it's not that unusual to see a past client come back and, and volunteer. Quite a few people do that, that who have received resources from us, you know, nutrition, and they turn around and come back and give back to the food bank. Well, I love that. Let's talk about that. Cause I mean, really the heart of many nonprofits is the volunteers. How do you keep their spirits up? How do you keep them involved and engaged with what you guys have going on? Um, you know, especially currently during COVID-19. I, I try to, every time I see a volunteer, I say, thank you so much for helping out, for coming in and and uh, next time, bring some more of your friends. <laughs> but they, uh, uh, you can see the smile and the joy in the face of them doing the good work. And I, I try to do all I can to buck them up and say, thank you. Thank you so much. 
and and to me they're the true angels you know of the organization is the volunteers you know they probably had they could go out and go to the beach or go play golf or something like that but instead they're coming and spending time with us and helping us out so it's they're truly truly blessed people to me any thoughts on that donnie well like what rick said they're the backbone of of our organization certainly and with COVID 19 it's been we've had to to hold back on the number of volunteers that we could allow in the building and so, uh, the social distancing and, and things like that. So long term, I, I hope that we've had to turn some volunteers away and, and I hope long term that, that we can get them folks back. But um, it, 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 they are truly the lifeline of what we do and uh, we couldn't do it without them. And, and, uh, and for me, I, I, as a volunteer, and I can only speak for myself, but uh, it, I had no idea. And so whether or not I came to work here or, or not, uh, I would definitely be back. And so we try and at least let all of our volunteer, volunteers experience uh, our pantry to get to interact with some of the clients and things like that. And, and just so that they get to hear their stories. And, and we have, we have a lot of reoccurring volunteers, uh, especially during this COVID uh, we've kind of limited who we allow to come and things like that. And uh, we're, we're, we're hopeful that it'll start let loosening up to where we can bring in more volunteers. Right now we still do have national guard on hand to help and, and fill that void where they're at so um but uh yeah, yeah the national guard's been godsend they uh would love having those guys here those people and uh, they come and uh they uh they, they really helped us out especially during the the peak time of covid you know it's they, they were here helping us and especially when we had to let keep most of the volunteers at home because you know because of the, the lockdown and here we go here comes the national guard and uh, they were Definitely Johnny on the spot. Okay, well, let's talk about that. So going back to March, like what what exactly happened to your nonprofit? What was kind of the story of what, I mean, clearly you do rely on volunteers to do, you know, uh, quite a bit of help with some of your, the work and, and, and trying to get service out to the community. So, you know, when you see this, you know, shut down, you know, what, what exactly happened in March through to now? And how have you guys kind of, been able to make changes to sort of adjust with that well this is kind of like we, well, there's no uh, you know everybody has a standard operating procedure manual what we're, we don't have a manual for pandemics you know and it is something that came out of left field but to the, to the our our staff is just phenomenal they they were johnny on the spot uh they uh, they showed up they came to work uh, it was it's a rough time, but and we were all worried about the increase of people coming to us for food. How we're going to meet that demand? But uh, our the, the the our patrons they they stepped it up, uh, the staff stepped it up. Uh, it's, it's just a whole new world. You know, we had to learn everything on the fly, and I, I had to hand it to Donnie for him staying on top of it. And 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 there's some food banks that shut down during that period of time. We didn't. We stayed open, and uh, that's that's to me that that's 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 
top of the mountain right there of an organization to be able to do that during that that unusual stressful time. Yeah. So we just told our staff that we felt like that we were we need to consider ourselves just like first responders. Yeah. Um, you know, good nutrition is is just a um, lifeline basic need and and uh, people need food and and we're going to be the ones to supply it in Galveston County and we did and uh, uh, the numbers were phenomenal I mean um, one day we we were going to a mobile and just I kid you not it seemed like seven or eight miles long of cars yeah. lined up to get food and I'm going oh my goodness how are we going to feed all yeah. these people and and uh, one of the employees reminded me hey the Lord had two fish and five loaves and he he uh, he served the multitude so and yeah. and uh, honest to goodness I sent I sent a video to my pastor and I said you've got to pray <laughs> because we are not going to have enough food I'll tell you, I don't know how, but the Lord turned two, two fish and, and uh, or let me just say, turned two mobile trucks full of food into enough to feed uh, an army of people. And, and uh, it was, it was uh, breathtaking. So. Wow. Nobody That's, was turned away. Yeah. So. Nobody was turned away. That's incredible. That's special guys that you were able to kind of work through that and your whole team. So, um, uh, you know, kudos to you for, uh, for powering through, you know, a lot of people did, you know, uh, whether the government made them or whether they were just, you know, trying to figure out how to deal with it. They did ostrich in the sand. This will all be over in a month or two. And oh, yeah. as we know, we're still here. And, you know, um, I'm, you know, getting jokes from people saying, oh, well, we'll just in 2021, I go, and what exactly make you think this is all over in December 31st? You know, yeah. it's just sort of, um, you know, ex learning to expect the unexpected, right? Yes, ma'am. Yep. And I guess just kind of going with it, right? You got a little bit shooting from your hip, you right? You got to roll with it. And, and uh, <laughs> we're Texans, a little bit of cowboy in there. That's all that. That's okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> uh, okay. So the CDC stuff, have you guys been uh, working through all of that? I'm sure that's been interesting, um, especially since, you know, in order to, you know, serve people, you, you're having to sort of interact with people. Uh, how has that been going? That's that we follow the rules that the governor of Texas sent down to the organizations and how we conduct, conduct business during the time of COVID. Um, and, and then we just, we just do what you got to do and keep moving forward. You know, we, we have hand sanitizer everywhere. We got masks everywhere. Uh, we, uh, uh, we make sure the drivers are, Wash their hands and uh, and the food prep. Uh, they not food prep, the sorters. They they everybody stays clean and sanitary, and uh, and try not to let anybody in the door who's sick. And uh, and it's it's like I said, it's a new time. It's unusual. We had to learn all this stuff on the fly, and that's how we do it. I mean, you've got you've got to. I mean, you got to follow the CDC guidelines, and that's the only way we're all going to get through this together as a group, as organizations, as individuals. That's all we're going to get through this. That's great. That's great. Okay. So what advice would you give to like a nonprofit that's starting out? Obviously starting out now is, is pretty difficult. There's a lot of nonprofits struggling right now, trying to work through their missions, uh, especially, um, you know, some of them where the missions 
our surrounding events, you know, which is um, challenging, of course, right now, and trying to work through that. So, but just in general, if we, you know, kind of take COVID-19 out of it, and, you know, someone trying to start a nonprofit, trying to have a mission, is there any advice that you would give them? From the 10,000 foot perspective, where I'm at, you you have to pull together a leadership organization first, uh, a group of individuals, which I am so lucky to have on my board, a group of individuals that brings every, each each and every board member brings something to the table and and, uh, some expertise, uh, some resources. And then you go down and start having the, the organization below that you, know, uh, you need a, a leader, a president, whatever of the organization, and and then they, they do a great job of, of pulling together uh, a staff to uh, to understand the mission of the organization. You got to develop a good, strong mission statement first, to, so everybody understands what we're what the goal is, what everybody's working towards together. And you got to do a good job of analyzing the people you bring in the organization. You don't want to bring in. Some, somebody who does does not have any buy-in and uh, who just does nothing but disrupt it you know that, that's that's i've i've had experiences in all those areas like that and uh and it's very important to have the right people involved and then donnie comes on and then he you know you tell her how you pull together that part of the organization well as far as starting a a, a new new nonprofit, boy um know your mission know know your mission very important so and uh and and set it in concrete and don't deviate from it so that would be my single piece of advice i love that don't give up i guess keep on with the mission (laughs) you don't have roadblocks you don't have trips and mishaps how you overcome that is a telling of the organization how strong it is and how professional it is and how they are going to achieve the eventual goals that you've laid out for it. You, you're going to have to. You're going to have to. There's going to be some rough times. You're going to have to deal with them. And how you deal with them is just a telling sign right there. I love that. I'm, I'm assuming a good team helps with that, right? Oh yes, ma'am. Okay, well, guys, this is really, really fun. I'm so glad that uh, we got to spotlight the Galveston County Food Bank today. Do you guys want to do the Legal Skinny Rundown with me? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll take turns. Rick, you go first every time I ask the question, okay? Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, beach or mountains, Rick? Beach. Donnie? Mountain. Ah. All right. Elvis or the Beatles, Rick? Beatles. Donnie. Elvis. <laughs> uh, this is getting good. Okay. All right. Uh, most influential book you read, Rick? Oh, gosh. You're going to laugh. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? They're really. Uh, that's, that's my. my most my, influential? Well, let's put it that that's my That's my downtime side of me. Now, professional side of Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That, as far as my personal business, on my business side, the personal side is Lord of the Rings, but my business side is definitely, definitely Stephen Covey. He is such a phenomenal, you know, he's not with us anymore, but uh, his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I live by each one of those habits. 
Good to know. Good to know. Yes, I've read that one. I the Lord of the Rings. I just watched the movies. I'm awful. I should have read it. <laughs> Dozen times over. <laughs> All right, Donnie. What's the most influential book you've read? Well. It, and I referenced it earlier that uh, all of our staff is getting together uh, to do to do a book study, and uh, it is uh, the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And so they got so sick of me referencing it, we're going to do it as a group. And uh, so that today, I, I'm very proud of my book collection. So I've got a long list of them, but that's the most recent one. I love that. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I haven't read it. So now I got to read it so I can and get some notes from you on that. Yeah, I, my, one of my uh, first bosses, he just like referenced all the time my cousin Vinny as like, how you learn to be a lawyer. And it was just like all the time. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, um, so I, I kind of feel for your employees there. They're probably like, let's just read this book. Find out what he's talking about. Okay. All right, guys. Um, Rick, dead or alive, what famous person would you invite to dinner? What? They can be dead or alive. I, I, I asked this question not too long ago, and I still stick with it. And uh, that is George Bush Sr. I would love to have dinner with him. The guy lived history throughout his whole life, all the way from World War II to before he passed away. And he's been so much involved. So many, I want to know with all the behind-the-scenes stuff that happened or everything he was involved with. I would love to sit down and have a dinner or lunch with George H.W. Bush. Senior. <laughs> Not W. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, How are you, Donnie? Well, I've, I too have been asked this question before. And and I tell you, I, I go back and forth on it. But, but bottom line is, wouldn't it be awesome? I mean, we're just dreaming here, aren't we, when you ask this question. So um, why not Jesus, you know? Why not? He's on, he's on the list. You're the first one I've had named that. So that would be an interesting conversation for sure. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So in one minute or less, what is the skinny on leading a nonprofit in today's world? And making a nonprofit, you said? Yeah. So... Uh, what is the skinny on leading a nonprofit in today's world? Uh, your total buy-in. You, you've got to you got to put your heart and soul into it, uh, and and go and talk about it. Go out in the public and talk about it. That's to me. That's 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 very important for a good or this organization or any organization. For me, I think that. It all starts with me, my attitude, and the attitude that I dispel uh, amongst the others. There's so many highs and lows with, with a nonprofit, um, from one day to the next, to hour by hour. And so attitude would be the single most important element of it. And uh, don't lose sight of the vision. I love that, guys. So what's the best way if somebody wants to get in touch with you, get in, in touch with the organization, where should they check it out? Well, they can go to galvestoncountyfoodbank.org, uh, and uh, we have a great resources there, whether they're uh, looking for help, want to volunteer, <laughs> just anything about organization, they can go there. Uh, for me, they can, they can go to donnie.galvestoncountyfoodbank.org, 
www.foodbankofmidwest.org and email me, or they can call the food bank here and they can get that number off of off of our website. Rick, <laughs> I'm public. I'm all over the place. It's easy to find me. So uh, walk up to me, call me, uh, 713-806-4758, and uh, say, hey, Rick, uh, what can I do to help? And uh, I'll definitely put them in touch with the right person to do it. Um, or just ask questions about the organization. I, I'm very free of my time and information. So just give me a call. Thanks, guys. I, I really believe in your mission and I, I wish the best of luck for the Galveston County Food Bank going forward and and that, uh, you know, you can serve as many people as possible. I know you guys have high goals and, and, and want to have your reach just continue on and on. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Tricia, thank you very, very much. Appreciate we appreciate it. you. Mm -hmm. For sure. No problem. And so, guys, that's the Legal Skinny on Nonprofit Spotlight for September 2020, the Galveston County Food Bank. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Legal Skinny podcast. Do not forget to subscribe to get future podcast episodes. Also, check out LegalSkinny.com to join our newsletter and get details on all the educational resources we offer the employer. Also, disclaimer, remember legal skinnies for entertainment and informational purposes only, not meant to provide legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. Laws change or they differ by jurisdiction. So also remember, this is not a substitute for seeking legal counsel in your jurisdiction on the current law applicable to you.